tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time, the Paperboy, Mordecai, after last season. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I'm Raina Rose, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. Tempting fate, wherever you are Questions put to songs randomly With help from our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for the Radio 8 Ball Show Welcome to the Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening. 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 Where we are engaging the pop oracle using the Radio 8-Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8-Ball, as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8-Ball app. If you're an iPhone user, it's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen pop oracle song of the day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, Scott Taylor asked, Will I make my masterpiece slash my Beatles album? And received as his randomly chosen answer, Letter to My Landlord by David Rovix, recorded live on Radio 8 Ball in Schuyler's basement in Olympia, Washington on December 12th. 2018. I'm writing you this letter because among the choices it's probably better than listening to voices raging in my head saying point and shoot then after you're dead your face meets my boot. I don't know your name it's better that way because I can't play this game who knows what I'll say I feel like I'm burning I've had it up to here it's time that you were learning the meaning of fear. I live in these apartments at your private property among your residents. Most of us agree that you're a piece of shit. How does that make you feel? We don't like you one bit and that's for real we think you're a thief that you don't care it seems your one belief whatever the market will bear whatever you can get away with what you can make us pay if we ever get justice you should fear that day landlord if you're expecting an episode about the election in a way that's what you're getting this week only subtextually though I won't be talking about candidates or polls or electoral college votes. In fact, I'm trying to get this episode finished before the votes start coming in, while this Schrodinger's cat is still firmly in the bag. 
That's so we can speak blind truth to this moment in history for those engaging the pop oracle through this podcast. Since David Rovick's song came up as the answer to Scott Taylor's question last week, in order to follow the format of the show, this meant inviting David Rovick back to discuss how his song relates to Scott's question and conduct a musical divination with him asking the question this week. In following the synchronicity of this reading, I was led back into a cruel cul-de-sac that I only really explored in my bonus episode for the Patreon users last week. Now, David Rovix is the ideal Election Day guest. He hosts a great political podcast called This Week with David Rovix, for which I will provide a link in the show notes. He's a fellow songwriter with a passion for justice who I know shares my disdain for both candidates and both parties. And he and I appear to have an old wound to heal that the pop oracle is clearly indicating, to me at least, that now is a possible time to address. Not that I want to. You could hear it in my voice when his song came up last week. I want you to count down. And when you get to when you get to like three, two, one, shake. And when you say shake, I'm gonna shake the app and we'll get the song. Ready? Here. Okay. Count down for me. Three, two, one, shake. And I'm giving it a shake. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. It's David Rovick's Letter to My Landlord. You'll hear enough about the story surrounding the wound in the episode which follows, so I won't go into it here. When I wrote to David and asked him if he would like to come back and discuss the synchronicity surrounding Scott's reading, he was into it. When I informed him this might include a discussion of Danny Kelly's very public lies about the episode that David was on, he asked that we not discuss that topic when he was on the show. When I agreed to this and asked him what words he'd like me to use to explain his absence from that part of the conversation, he accused me of using him as a proxy to have a debate with Danny Kelly and asked never to be invited back. This is obviously troubling to me on a multitude of levels, but probably the only one which matters to listeners of this podcast is what this weakness among potential allies on the left, and I include myself in this definition, what this weakness coinciding with Election Day says about this moment. If I were to ask another question, this might be it, but that's not how this episode is going to work. Instead, I have decided to run last week's bonus episode as this week's featured content, so my reading will in no way be colored by my subsequent interaction with David, except, of course, that I am using this introduction to give it context. Which leads me to my last point before beginning. I hope it's understood, but since I know it's not, please allow me to draw the very important distinction between pointing out anti-Semitism or racism or sexism or homophobia or Islamophobia or any other pattern of historical oppression 
and calling another person the ist or phobe associated with that pattern. When we respond to someone pointing out racism by refusing to discuss it and escalating the discussion to a conflict in which the very naming of racism is a form of hostility, then whether or not we are racist, we are definitely choosing to accommodate racism over its targets by making any discussion of racism have to be a conflict instead of a collaboration. And this always benefits the status quo. In short, pointing out racism is not the same as calling someone a racist, and the insistence that it is, is a form of racism, especially if it includes lying about and targeting a member of that community for harassment. If that didn't make sense, please rewind and listen to it again. And again. Until it does. If you get only one thing out of this podcast, I hope it's this distinction between welcoming a difficult conversation and shutting it down by escalating it. And if you choose to substitute anti-Semitism and anti-Semite for racism and racist, this may help you in your understanding of the ensuing exploration. If you enjoy these shows and I sincerely have no idea why you would, and you'd like to help other people find us, I'd like to invite you to share Radio 8 Ball with one friend this week. Maybe someone you share a synchronicity with. If you have the Radio 8 Ball app, you can explore your synchronicity even deeper by asking a question about it and interpreting your pop oracle answer together. I know I say it every week, but I really encourage you to join our Patreon Almost every week after our guest asks their question, we go back and I ask my question. These are available to our Patreon subscribers for just $1 a month. You can also help people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Bob positively on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get our episodes as soon as they are released. And before we get down to unpacking the difficult synchronicity of this moment, here's the Pop Oracle Song of the Day for Election Day, November 3rd, 2020. A song called Fallacy from Portland native Raina Rose, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS in Olympia on October 11th, 2005. Nice choice. Song number three. (laughs) Right. Oh, I, no, I don't want to let go of the porn music. I love it. <laughs> How steady the stream of time. One minute you're here and the next. Well, you're ten years down the line. And what if you're always waiting, always biding your life, bartering your dreams and saving for tomorrow this isn't real it isn't fallacy it isn't reason it isn't rhyme this isn't an explanation it isn't a guideline it isn't yours it isn't mine this is light upon the hills cutting loose of all your ills this is the transcendental cry Before it's time to say your fun. 
Fallacy. Fallacy. Yeah. Hey there, I'm Kendall Winter, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Hey there, Patreoniacs. Welcome backstage. Usually I invite my guests to join me backstage for these personal readings, but I'll be doing this one solo. As I get into it, it'll make sense, but I just didn't feel like getting Scott mixed up in one of my local controversies. I hope you listen to the official episode for this week and enjoy his appearance, his reading, and our conversation. During that reading, the randomly chosen answer to Scott's question came from David Rovix, which raises a conundrum for me that I'm going to be exploring in this bonus episode for our eight Patreon subscribers. I'm making a point of mentioning this low number because I intend to share this reading with David after the fact, and I want him to know this isn't a public forum. Certainly, it is far less public than the Facebook thread I'm going to be talking about here. Okay, to my conundrum. 
as you know, the format in our third season of Radio 8 Ball, in which we are using the Radio 8 Ball app filled with every song recorded in the history of the show to conduct our musical divinations, is that when an artist's song is chosen, that artist is invited to be the guest on the following week's show. This means that David Rovix is next up. But this also means unpacking what went down the last time he was on the show. It's an unpleasant task, but it appears to be the task which is before me. First off, I just want to say that I remain a supporter of David's music. He's really a great songwriter, and I am a subscriber to the podcast he started just a few months after being on Radio 8 Ball. It's called This Week with David Rovix, and I am including links to it in the show notes of our official post. I believe it is important for independent artists of conscience to have each other's backs, even when we are engaged in face-to-face conflict. Okay, so what's the deal? On December 12th, 2018, David Rovix was scheduled to be a guest on Radio 8-Ball, and as synchronicity would have it, that week I got into a debate on Facebook with a local musician in Olympia named Danny Kelly. He posted that opposition to Israel is not anti-Semitic. I posted that I agreed and added that just because criticizing Israel is not in itself anti-Semitic, it doesn't mean that it is never anti-Semitic or that it is not often accompanied by anti-Semitic tropes and rhetoric. This led to a back and forth in which I was called a Zionist and an apologist for Israel when neither is the case. This dialogue might prove my initial assertion to anyone familiar with anti-Semitism, but since so many of my friends on the left, particularly in Olympia, see any sympathy for Jews as being synonymous with support for Israel, there is not much room for fostering an understanding of anti-Semitism. As this debate was running its course online, I reached out to Danny, and since I knew he was a fan, or maybe a friend, of David Rovix, I invited him to be a guest on the show and ask a question which might allow us to have a conversation about this topic. He refused, saying he was too busy, but he wasn't too busy to post about it on Facebook. This is what he said. Hey everyone! Don't forget to tune in to attention-starved Andras Jones' Radio 8 Ball show today as he outs me as an anti-Semite! Exclamation point, exclamation point. This post received 75 comments, mostly defending Danny and attacking me. So, let's just look at his post. Uh, First of all, I don't call anyone an anti-Semite unless they self-identify as such. I just don't do it. On the other hand, I believe that everyone is capable of anti-Semitism, and if we can't point it out without being accused of labeling someone an anti-Semite, there is no way to address these dynamics. Secondly, Danny doesn't appear to understand how podcasts work because nobody was able to tune in that day. We record these podcasts in advance and put them out at a later date. That's pretty much true of all podcasts. And this meant that for over a month... Danny's lie about me stood unchallenged by the facts of what actually transpired on the podcast, which I will include at the end of this segment so you can hear for yourself. Not only did I not call Danny Kelly an anti-Semite, I didn't even mention him by name. I did, however, post a screenshot of his Facebook post 
on the episode when it came out, which led to David Rovick sending me an angry email denouncing any claims I might make about anti-Semitism being a problem in Olympia and asking me to just leave him out of it. Not exactly what you want to hear from the guest of your show the week that it comes out, as you want the guests to have a good time and you want them to be enthusiastic promoters of the show. I was at least hoping that he would back me up in verifying that I had never called Danny an anti-Semite on the show or even mentioned his name. But he didn't. And during the course of that week, I was once again the target of many of my fellow Olympians who once again erroneously accused me of calling Danny an anti-Semite, of being a Zionist, of being a champion of Israel and an opponent of Palestinian rights. All of these were and remain untrue. And I'm surprised that I have to point out that publicly lying about and insulting a Jew for pointing out anti-Semitic dynamics is a brazen example of anti-Semitism. In that post, I listed the names of people who participated in this public and anti-Semitic attack. Several of these folks are people who I once considered friends. Until they make a public statement of apology and a commitment to making Olympia a safe and welcoming place for Jews, I will continue to hold them accountable for their public and anti-Semitic attack. Not for being anti-Semites, but for being ignorant of anti-Semitism and hostile to those who would point it out to them. Which brings us to this very moment. It's the week of an election between two figures David and I both vehemently oppose. We are both independent songwriters of conscience, and we are both hosts of non-commercial podcasts that seek to inform and enlighten our listeners. We are both residents of the Northwest who seek to elevate voices that are excluded from the mainstream of debate, and we both claim to be advocates for those who are the targets of prejudice, oppression, and censorship. We should be allies. But for some reason, David chose to side with the mob of ignorant locals who were lying about something he knew they were lying about since I never said anything negative about Danny Kelly on the podcast and never accused anyone of being an anti-Semite. And yet, I feel very uncomfortable about asking David back on the show. Not because I'm afraid of having a conversation with him about this, but because I'm afraid that inviting him will lead to my being attacked once again by people who are so angry at Israel, justifiably so, that they revel in taking out their frustrations on the nearest and most offensive Jew they can access, which is not nearly so justifiable. I would say it's not justifiable at all. And this leads me to my question, which is this. What is the key to overcoming oppression patterns that separate allies? I'm giving it a shake. And the song is Ode to Ocean from Carl Blau. So, Ode to Ocean. Oh, okay. 
And that was Ode to Ocean from Carl Blau, recorded live on Radio 8 Ball at the Henry Art Gallery in Seattle, Washington, as part of the Magma Festival on March 19th, 2010. And that was the answer to my question, what's the key to overcoming oppression patterns that separate allies? There was a lot in there. Um, Let's see, where do I start? Well, I guess the first thing that strikes me in these readings is always before the music even starts. Like, I think, oh, Carl Blau. Wow, Blau, that's a German name. Um, But the only, and I don't know much about Carl Blau's background, but the only other Blaus I know are Jewish. So, Already there's this weird cognitive dissonance of Jewish, German, anti-Semitism, 
anti-Semites, Nazis. What's going on? What's the what's 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 what? It's confusing terrain. Uh, in fact, as the song points out, it's not even terrain. It's ocean. It's an ocean of I don't know knowledge and ignorance, facts and untruths, um, and just a flow, right? Uh, the other thing I thought of, and I can't go into it too deeply, but uh, I was part of a, um, let's see, how's the best, I was part of a counseling community in practice, and the name of the last counselor I had uh, shows up in this song, and um that counselor sort of after years of working together just begged off out of the blue around the time of one of these kind of controversies that I was having in Olympia. And even though they didn't say anything about it, it made me wonder if they also had chosen the side of people who are lying about me and attacking me or just chose to, I don't know. Again, I don't even know, but it just came up. So, yeah, we got to stay focused on the question. What's the key to what's the key to overcoming these oppression patterns? Um, I think the most telling lines in the song are the. It's a really a really clever thing that Carl Blau does here. He says, "There's a part of me that wants to be a part of you." And then he comes back, and the second time it comes around, he says, "There's a." There's a part of me that wants to be apart from you. Um, and I think he's talking about the ocean. He's talking about that desire to swim in it and be close to it, but also that desire to get out of it because it wants to pull you down into its, its depths. Um, but I feel like that's also the case when we get into the depths of well, this conversation that is unavoidable for me and seems like it's entirely avoidable for those people who it doesn't affect, like David or like the people who joined in on that thread or like Danny Kelly. Um, so what's the key to overcoming this oppression? Well, first of all, it made me think that I need, <laughs> I do need some kind of counsel with some someone about this because it is when when you're the target of something like this it really is hard to think clearly about it i mean you can do your best we all do our best but without i guess without allies who we can counsel with and move those emotions and get to our our clearer thinking we are as the song might agree at sea. Um, so there's that. And I guess recognizing the immensity of this issue and maybe having some sympathy for both me and for David and for Danny and for the rest of those people who got engaged in this, that this is a really, really big issue. Um, I guess I would ask that they have some sympathy for me because it's a big issue and I'm the one who's taking it on. Um, 
there's uh, they would I'm sure they would say that they are taking on plenty of other big issues. But if you deny the ability to talk about anti-Semitism, then whether or not you are an anti-Semite, it's like the question about rate. Like if you're not opposing racism, if you're not an anti-racist, I'm not going to say you are a racist, but you are. Your silence is supporting patterns of racism. And this is true of sexism. It's true of homophobia. It's true of classism. It's true of Islamophobia. These patterns exist. When they're pointed out to us, people of conscience say, hey, yeah, well, let's let's unpack it. Help me to understand. Like, if there was a way that I could apologize to Danny for calling him an anti-Semite, I would, except that I didn't call him an anti-Semite. If there was a way that I could take the criticism of these people for who call me a Zionist and say, well, yeah, I guess I should look closer at the crimes of Israel than I would, except that I have looked closer at the crimes of Israel, which is why I'm not a Zionist. I'm a, you know, I'm a def- I guess I'm a defender of Israeli people like I'm a defender of American people who live under the leadership of people who don't represent them. I might say that. Um, but so it's a very hard position to be in. Like, how do you apologize for something you didn't do? How do you accept criticism of you, which is based upon a total untruth? Um, believe me, I wish I could, it would be an easy way to deescalate the situation, but since I can't, I won't. And yeah, and that's the depth of it. Like I'm taking on that ocean and I don't know if this provides a key. That's the thing about these readings. They always, they always reflect back something. And I guess this reflection is a good one. Because Carl Blau, is a, he's definitely an artist of integrity. And he's someone who is... I haven't had him on the show since, but we've, we've exchanged emails a few times. And he's always been, you know, menschy in his response, you know, being thoughtful and being available and um and I appreciate that about him so that's that's good and uh yeah I guess I'm gonna leave it there uh, I'm gonna play you the segment from the last from the time that David was on and we really dug into talking about what was going on online during that day and you can hear that nobody got called an anti-semite And at the very least, it would seem that the person who made that claim should publicly say that that was not that was not true. Um, And I would say that if that person doesn't do it, then David, who is in the room and who is a person of conscience, should correct that. But uh, that's for them to choose. And if your listener is David. I am holding space for you to do the right thing. I will continue to be a vocal advocate of what you do in the world because I support you. And I guess I'd like the same respect from you. Anyway, I hope this was fun for you. (laughs) And I don't know who's going to be the guest next week. I really hope it's David Rovix. But if not, who knows? Maybe I'll invite Carl Blau. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Sandman, the rapping cowboy, and Radio 8 Ball taught me to ride bulls. Uh.
Now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here in Skyler's basement next to the graveyard in Olympia, Washington on 12-12-18, December 12th, 18, with our musical guest, David Rovix. Hello. And we were going to have the return of Brett Club who's been on Radio 8 Ball before, on an episode last winter. But Brett waited out in the cold for as long as he could, and then he had to go take care of his kids. So we'll have to have him back another time. But he's a friend of yours, a fan of yours. Friend? Yeah, friend of the show, friend of David Rovix, and we wish him well. Indeed. What's interesting, synchronicity-wise, is that Brett and I bonded over both being targeted with some pretty malicious gossip and attacks from the station, from Chaos, where we both were DJs, where Radio 8 Ball began. And I've talked about this enough on the show. We don't need to go into all that. And if you can go, in fact, I'll post the link where we talk about that on the episode that he was on. But when we were, we started the show with my question. I was saying, I have all these threads, these things going on. I'm trying to have this conversation about anti-Semitism and people are overreacting and attacking me personally and I'm trying to figure out how to keep my sanity while also address something that I can't is unavoidable for me and I'm going to be delicate with this because we live in a small community but I want to just read to you not the person who posted it but I want to read to you the post about this show that was inspired by this issue that I was talking about where I pointed out some anti-semitism and then this person took it personally and then I I should just say that I reached out to them and said hey I'm going to be talking about this on my podcast and I'd lo- I would love it if I could be a happy story about how we're working together there's not a threat I'm going to I would speak about you respectfully but he still took it as a threat and this is what this person wrote hey everyone this is a big big bold Facebook and we're talking about how evil Facebook is white letters over a black background big like letters hey everyone Exclamation point. Don't forget to tune in to attention-starved Andras Jones' Radio 8 Ball show today as he outs me as an anti-Semite. This is what I'm talking about, folks. <laughs> um, that's a, you know, and, and, and the hard part about that is a bunch of people who are people I think of as friends jumped in and, you know, believed what he said instead of, well, there's a lot that's wrong with that. First of all, you can't tune into this today because this is going to be running in February. And attention starved, sure, whatever. I'm an artist. Again, it's kind of it's, it's 
one of those insults without an insult. It's like you're posting loudly and calling me attention starved when I'm reaching out to you privately and asking you to to be thoughtful. Well, calling any artist a narcissist <laughs> is a cheap shot. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and why, why else do we get in front of microphones? And then as I out him as an anti-Semite, when I've clearly said I'm not, I don't think anyone of these people are particularly anti-Semites. I just think that anti-Semitism is in the air and we should have a conversation about it. Uh, but this is what happens when you mention anti-Semitism. A lot of it happens not just with anti-Semitism. You mention racism. The first thing is like, I'm not a racist. Not saying you are. Saying the situation is something where we may should look at where the racism plays into it. And this goes to a lot of the conversations we've had here. And like I said earlier, I have been through these. This is not the first time that this happened to me. And in a way, it's, it's a very sad superpower to have to be able to look at something like that and not have it be devastating like it was the first time that I saw something like that posted about me. And if you're a public person to some degree, you invite some of that. But in a small town, when your friends join in, it hurts. It really, it does. It, like I said, it's not as dev devastating as it once was. And nobody else is, I'm very grateful that I don't have, I'm not drawing that attention to anyone else. It's really, I'm alone and it's coming at me. Um, and I'm not here to out anyone, not here to, like, this person is a, is a, someone who uh, David knows, and so, and I don't expect him, you know, I'm not going to put anyone, I'm, Radio 8 Ball isn't about putting anyone in an uncomfortable position other than the uncomfortable position of not knowing what the answer is going to be. I guess I like to put myself in an uncomfortable position with this show. Um, that's, again, part of my own narcissism. I like to expose myself in uncomfortable situations. I think of it as a service, but I can also see that it serves me. Um, but my question... See, for this isn't going to run for a long time, so all of these people who are posting on this can't just go listen to it tonight and say, oh, gosh, we were wrong. I'm sorry. And that's what I... You know, and that's my question. My question is, is there going to be a point when this is going to come out? And these people who were so gleefully jumping on the bandwagon of attacking me will listen to the show, as you have listened to it, and say, well, that's not at all what happened. Why? And then maybe, will, I, will any of these people ever apologize? And that's my question for the Pop Oracle. And now, oh, we are at the point of the coin. The binary oracular divination tool, <clears throat> which happens when we're down to two songs left on the board. Two songs left on the board are song number six, Today in Yemen. A happy song, I'm sure. And song number eight, Ice. Clearly about barcraft. It's, it's, if we interpret <laughs> things differently, then, uh, you know, they, you can always... They, interpret the song as the opposite of what it is about yeah oh yeah, yeah. i mean there's there's no again questions answered answers questioned i, I hope that everyone to, no no that's <laughs> not why i invited you david i want to have i could i have plenty of people I keep happy on thinking it's because of the nature of the discussion you know i never do failed state lists. is a is a hit that that song oh, is I, is a you. very I would energetic have included song. that one anyway but yeah. given the nature of our discussions i wish that i had included my song i'm a better anarchist than you in this uh, <laughs> list because it would have been very appropriate but oh well well, so, okay, anyway, so we're down to two songs left. Today in Yemen, song number six, and Ice, I-C-E, song number eight. 
And one of those songs is going to be the answer to my question, will I ever get an apology from some of these people who have joined in on this thread? Mm. And so we have the binary oracular divination tool, the Radio 8 coin. If it lands on heads, it's going to be song number six today in Yemen. If it lands on tails, it's going to be song number eight, Ice, answering my question. And now, to engage the pop oracle, I'm going to flip the Radio 8 coin. And it is, well, that's heads, so that's tails it's tails here i'll show you okay song number eight a song about ice she left late at night out of sight of the gangs the most violent place in the west just the clothes on her back to escape the attack with one child held to her breast for weeks they would go through Mexico, where Rosita and so many others would learn too late that the United States takes babies away from their mothers. When Rosita was younger, the future looked brighter, but then came 2009. A junta, a coup, and prospects were few as the bodies were stacked up in lines. She tried to stay, but there was no way When they kidnapped and tortured her brother So she got to the border Where they're following orders To take babies away from their mothers She might stay in Monterey, but the gunmen were always so near. She knew she had to push on, make it to Houston, where she might live a life without fear. Their journey was done, Rosita, her son, at the border they held one another. Oh, how he wailed as they took her to jail and tore him from the arms of his mother. She left late at night, out of sight of the gangs, the most violent place in the West. Just the clothes on her back to escape the attack, with one child held to her breast. And that was Ice, song number eight from David Rovick's list. The answer to my question, will, at some point in the future, the people who joined in on this thread listen to the show and realize that... They were wrong and maybe apologize. How maybe the apologize. How would you interpret that song? Uh, well, first of all, just like, let's just talk. Let's just look at that song. First of all, I, I wanted to say when you played it, it made me think of something you said about the Woody Guthrie thing. I see how you you ha your way, and I've done I do this a lot in my songwriting as well. That sometimes just coming back to the first verse does the job of that bringing it all together yes that having a, a final verse but it's actually better because better. by the time you get to the end the first thing has this whole other resonance because you have the details and the context yep which i think that's 
what speaks to my question. And it doesn't, it's not, so it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have pretty free nice. form in I our like interpretation. It. Wonderful. You've got you're a very agile mind. Excellent. But that idea that we see something the first time and we think it means something. Yes. And then we hear the other verses. And by the time we get back to it, if we go back and look at that first thing, it means something different. And that, uh, that is, so that, I guess, I think that is, speaks to my aspiration yeah. and my hope. We know the deeper story. Right. But at the same time, the story itself and the song went to something that I think is a much harder and harsher truth that I and a lot of people have to deal with. And I think it's been it's a point that you've sort of been subtly and not so subtly making through all of this, these conversations, which is that we just have bigger things to deal with. And just like I might not get to enjoy my baseball because it's participating in the system that's terrible. I may not get the apology that I want or that I feel like I need. Um, and it might drive me crazy. I might go crazy. Um, and all of that, if all of that happens compared to the story you tell and the larger story that it's a part of, it's such a small thing, even though it's huge to me. I mean, I don't know if you, you may be able to feel that there's, I'm emotional. Yeah. No, I and understand. telling this. And the thing is that any one person's emotions are huge to them. The thing that happened to them, the, the kid who picked on you in school, you carry that with you the rest of your life. And it's not the same as horrible things that have happened to other people, but it's the worst thing that happened to you. I, I feel devastated by things people say who I've never met on yeah. Facebook and YouTube. And, and yeah. this is like, you know, and then I, I, I really question like how much i'm affected by this and and yeah. you know my own sanity and then uh, you know also i'm sure everybody else is having these kinds of reactions too because i i think i'm a pretty even keel kind of relatively you know sane you know like re- i think i got a pretty good grip on things generally like in terms of not having big triggers and stuff but i mean it's overwhelming even when i don't know the people who are saying this stuff yeah know? but yeah, it sucks to be accused of. of uh, uh, I mean, I, I had uh, actually. I don't know. This is this is only maybe tangentially related. I don't know. But I had a whole tour of Israel that was canceled, uh, which was to be my second tour of Israel, and it was canceled after I wrote a song about uh, Ariel Sharon's massacre of the Palestinians in, on in, uh, at the outside the Al Aqsa Mosque in September two thousand, mm-hmm. and then which set off the second intifada. And then after writing that song, I had, of the 10 gigs I had, I had nine of them uh, canceled by people who called me a fascist and an anti-Semite. And uh, I've ha- I've been uh, picketed uh, for being an anti-Semite and a uh, fascist uh, by a, a group called the Anti-Deutsch in Germany on several, well, more than actually many occasions. Yeah. Uh, and they've threatened to destroy venues that I was going to be playing. And, and uh, you know, this is... Um, which is not, uh, it's not the same, these aren't the same uh, kinds of no, but really, uh, things. But, but it is, like, I mean, it's, it, this, it's on when the it happens to level, you, it like, feels yeah. really, yeah. it feels really bad to be misunderstood. Yeah. It yeah. feels really bad to be misunderstood and attacked for it. Yeah. It, may, it feels really bad to be misunderstood, attacked for it, and then lose opportunities and things in your life because of that. Yeah. And 
And so, yeah, I think... When you're losing friends, that's the worst. It's Well, it's like, you know, it's like when we were talking about anti-Semitism before, and you're like, well, but if you compare it to somebody else, or you... But I feel like that's that's all we have. Like, I have the worst thing that happened to me. You have the worst thing that happened to you. When you tell me the worst thing that happened to you, even if it's so much worse than mine, I might have the good sense to not say it, not say, oh, well, that reminds me of da-da-da-da. But it still does remind me of da 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 da, sure. because having feeling the injustice of a teacher who did something unjust towards me that, yeah, is not the same as a cop beating the shit out of my mom in front of me. But but, it may, but you understand the common humanity. But the feeling of helplessness that yeah. a per person in authority is behaving cru with yeah. cruelty is a is a feeling that yeah. could bring us together. Absolutely. create solidarity as opposed to create difference in, in a sense of like, no, don't step on my oppression because with your stupid little story, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, my stupid little story is still my, it's still the one, it's the only one I have. It's yeah. the only one I have, you know, and, and it's never an insult to somebody else. I mean, I never intend, I don't intend for anyone to listen. I hope one of the things that comes out of the show is that everyone has a question. Everyone is... All the questions are some version of the same thing. It's like, is it going to be okay? <laughs> is it going to be okay? Well, well, am I ever going to get a break? You know, are we going to get our shit together? This is what people are always wondering, especially yeah. if there's an oracle involved. Yeah, right. So right. I should have thought more about it and had more hopeful songs. <laughs> no, there's no hopeful no, songs no, in here. No, Can but I you, change the set list? I totally disagree. I completely disagree. And this, if, if you're out there and you're like me, then you will you'll feel solidarity with this. I always feel so much safer and so much happier with someone who is talking about the real things and taking a hard look. Happy songs, like you were saying. What are we doing at this party? What the hell yeah. are we doing here? I mean, and this is not to, like, I, if there's another songwriter here, I'm not going to shame them for not doing that. But I treasure, I treasure songwriters like you who can write political songs that are also great songs that take no prisoners, that are not trying to please anyone, that are willing to take the ramifications. That's all very positive. And again, as you see, the way I interpret these things, I don't need the songs to be positive to draw a positive answer from it. That's the fact good. that you're here doing it, that's positive. The fact that we're in this room engaging these conversations instead of behind our screens shouting at each other mm -hmm. or ignoring each other or just poking a little like and thinking we've done something. Um, this is all very positive. So you have, uh, well, you have nothing to apologize for. You should just mm -hmm. take a bow for writing for great writing great songs and um yeah I, I, I we're gonna get to your we're gonna get to your question in the next segment for those of you who are tuning in you'll be able to listen to that tomorrow or if you're listening you know and listening at some point in the far future you can just listen to it next uh but uh but uh thanks for letting me have a second bite at the apple this is the crazy world of synchronicity in which we live and to all of you out there sending hate this way i you don't believe me but i'm just sending love back and maybe a reflection of me crying because it hurts but that's love so thank you david for letting me do this and next up thank is your you. question
Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andros Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio
Turn it off.